We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Three, two, three weeks ago, I did not think that on September 7th, which is the official start of the NFL season, Scott, mm. that we would be having a little conversation about, are the Yankees still alive for the playoffs? Because it did not look like that was going to be the case. However, that said, however, we did the exercise in the last episode where we went through like everything that needs to happen. And I don't know about you. I was saying it in jest, like, because I just don't think it's, but since then Yankees have kept winning and other teams ahead of them have continued to lose. It is still very much a long shot for the Yankees to make the postseason, but we were just going through it. And as the standings say right now on September 7th, the Yankees are six and a half out of the Blue Jays of a wild card spot. They're a game and a half back of Boston, but effectively they're two games back because Boston, no matter what happens in the upcoming four game series, will have the tiebreaker against you. So you have to beat them outright in order to beat Boston in the standings. And Texas, who is 3-7 in their last 10 games, definitely on a skid, is six games ahead of you. They're a half a game back of the Blue Jays. But the Blue Jays, if we're just going to eye one team that the Yankees could possibly catch to make the playoffs, it is the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays and the Yankees play six times for the remainder of the season. So what that means is if everything outside of that series is equal, meaning Yankees have a 4-3 series record currently so they have a game up on on the on toronto currently correct and let's say in all of the rest of their games they Mm -hmm. have the same record Mm -hmm. that means you would need to sweep the blue jays in Mm -hmm. order to tie them in Mm -hmm. the standings in in which case in which case you would have the tiebreaker because you would have the season series against the blue jays it's it's possible (laughs) it's possible yeah, I mean, 
young and dumb, man. We've talked about this. And again, this is a conversation that goes back to 2016 when they called the kids up and they started playing well and making a, making a bit of a run. It's uh, no one, no one expects it when, when young guys are come up, you know, when I say young and dumb, I don't mean that the individual players are stupid or dumb or not smart. I mean that they don't know any better. They don't know any better to than just to play as hard as they can. And sometimes when you play uh, as hard as you can and you have a different vibe in the in the dugout, things can come together. The Yankees have also been struggling for so damn long that some of the bats that had been struggling starting to play a little bit better. And and you know that's. That's baseball, Susan. Uh, when you get surrounded by some young guys that that are highly motivated to earn a spot or show that they belong in a particular place, a lot of good things can happen. Again, this is why I wanted them to do this three weeks before they actually did it, but they didn't have the balls to do that. So now we're in this position of looking at how we can make the playoffs after sweeping series and basically winning all of the games out uh, with with very little room for error because there are three teams ahead. And and that's that is a that is a real thing, and and they have to overcome um, those teams, and they need some they need some help with it. Yes, they need to build, beat the Blue Jays. Like that's that's no doubt. Um, if they lose a game against the Blue Jays, they need yeah, it's they done. need help. They need <laughs> it's help. Like, they need Blue Jays to continue to skid. So yeah. the Blue Jays need to lose. The Yankees need to win in that on the same day, uh, multiple times over. And if that continues to happen, and it has happened the last two days, it's happened a few times, um, then. You know that you're you're hoping that that series, that the the couple of series that they have left with the Blue Jays, can can really mean something. And at that point, if you're within striking distance and you're going against Toronto, all the pressure, all of the pressure is on the Toronto Blue Jays at that point, which is a very good thing going in because Yankees at that point, young young guys playing loose, playing uh, playing like they're having fun uh, against a team who's like petrified to lose in a massive lead and blow their. Uh, their spot in the playoffs, so that's a good position to be in at the end, just because of the the way that two teams are entering into a particular game. But they need to get to that that spot for for this situation to actually happen. Well, what's interesting is something similar to this happened in 2016 after all the kids were called up and the Yankees sold at the deadline. Not that the Yankees sold at this deadline in 2016, the Yankees ended. Yankees didn't buy or sell. They didn't do shit. Yeah, they did nothing. <laughs> the one guy they acquired for the major league roster is on the IL. So good yeah. job, Cashman. You're like five for five acquiring injured players at this point. The Yankees finished in 2016 with 84 wins, five out of the wild card. Um, and what we saw in the in the August and September of that season was some fire from the team. The the kids were playing, not all of them well, but a lot of them, obviously Gary Sanchez was playing well. But like the rest of the team, like it just felt more fun it just felt like they were they were winning games that they were not winning in the first half of that season and now we're starting to see some of that again with a lot more kids being called up uh so many injured players that are no longer playing like Rizzo shut down Nestor Cortez is probably going to be done for the season Boone said Donaldson is obviously gone Hicks has been gone for a long time so like every player we hated and was struggling in the first four months of the season is no longer playing right now. And only the players that outside of Nestor Cortez, who you just mentioned, don't want to lump him into that some, but yes, sure. No, yeah. I didn't mean that. I, that you, you know what I meant there, to but be clear. so do you, and what we saw 2016 turn into was 2017. Do you think there will be clouded judgment when it comes time to evaluate all aspects of the operations to borrow a quote from Hal, do you think there will be any clouded judgment um, 
if they finish strong this season, it's saying, oh, well, Boone got the young guys to play. And these players that Cashman did, you know, build in the farm system seem like they could contribute because I don't know, one month of does one month of I, I don't think one month of good baseball erases five months of bad baseball, but might it for the for the powers that be? Of course it will. <laughs> I think it, I think that that we've seen in the past that it Shit. can cloud judgment. Yeah, but um, it will definitely cloud judgment because uh, there you you cannot make a an opinion about a particular team team uh, that means the 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 full roster, uh, including the forty man, including the minor leagues, including all of the above. You cannot make a judgment on said team uh, with a month and a half, two months of baseball. You you just can't do it. And if you are doing it. Uh, then, then something is is dearly wrong, and maybe that is what happened in 2016. Maybe they got a little too, um, you know, high on the young guys and and didn't do what they needed to do, which is add m- more veteran presence, more of more superstar power at positions that they could add um, that were needed, not just to add to add, but needed to fit the team. Um, maybe they, maybe they, we'd be in a very different situation. <clears throat> uh, if, uh, if they had done that. So I hope not. But what we are seeing currently, really from, from Dominguez, I mean, the other guys that we're, we're seeing up there, like, I don't know your opinions on them. I know Peraza had a good night last night and uh, we're seeing some more comfortable um, at-bats from him. Defense is there. Yeah, I'm not sold on any other guy besides Dominguez, and not to say that I'm completely sold on Dominguez, but I love what I'm. Oh seeing no, you kid. you don't think he's Mickey Mantle? Didn't you see he's Mickey I Mantle? Mean, he might be. The there's a lot of really good things to love about that kid, and and you talk about the the way that the team is playing. I mean, I yes, there's when you have a youthful exuberance, when you have that I don't you know young and dumb attitude out in the field. It is, it's. It's 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 it, it gets through the entire team, you know. It's it's one of those things that is contagious and can allow you to get back to the basics of why you played this game in the first place. And it's fun. Like these guys are having fun when they play baseball. That's what they should be doing. If they are not, they are <clears throat> pressing too hard. It usually does affect what happens on the field. And when you bring up a young guy who's happy to be there, who's doing ET to the freaking uh, bleacher creatures, who's you know just has the, the this this shit eaten grin on his face constantly and is, is you can tell is really relishing this entire thing it's hard not to uh, have that be infectious with the rest of the team and i i eat it up i eat it up like you know give me give me more of the youthful um homegrown yankees because when you see them and when they have success i don't know man it's like it's so hard to explain but there's nothing like it uh, as a Yankees fan in, in any other sport, really seeing the kids that you've been do hearing you know about forever, why, though? it's like, crazy, you know, you know, because the it's Yankees, like crack. because for, for two decades, the Yankees were criticized, like the, the, the number one thing an opposing fan would shit on the Yankees for is all you do is buy players. You just, you just sign the biggest free agents. Well, you could, you could argue <laughs> that that's exactly what they did for Jason Dominguez too. No, but, but, but like in the 2000s and then the 2010s, yes, they had the core four still contributing, but those players were no longer like the new, those were not new players anymore. They didn't develop any new players outside of Robinson Cano and Mm -hmm. Brett Gardner. Right. Who who else did they, did they develop through their system? That was like a, you could say bona fide contributor to the Yankees. Seriously. No one. 
So here, guys here and there. So then the criticism by opposing fans, which is all you do is spend the most money and you just sign the biggest free agent, CC Sabathia, Mark Teixeira, Jason Giambi, Alex Rodriguez, even though he was a trade, like go, go on down the list. So when the Yankees finally were developing players in the late 2010s, we were like, oh my God, this you, you can't say that anymore. You can't say all we do is buy players. Look, Gary Sanchez, Luis Severino. Labor Torres, of course, Aaron Judge, like all these players we acquired and, and developed through our minor league system. And so now if we're seeing it again, yes, that's why it is like crack. Well, it's also, you- there's, there's also a level of like of of hopium for what happened in the 90s. I mean, it's more every, sustainable, obviously. But, no, but everybody, sustainable. yeah, but everybody wants to fall in love with the whole. That's never going to happen again. Like, but, but, but uh, hold, hold on a second. It's in the back of everybody's mind. It is in the back of everybody's mind. And damned if it wasn't in 2016, I know it was because we talked about it. I felt it. It, it absolutely we, was in our mind in 2017. Yes, because but I think the ultimate in fan recreation is the, is the 90s Yankees. Ultimate fan recreation. If you could choose how you assemble and, and, and create a team that does well, any franchise, any sport, it's you have a nucleus of homegrown guys that you develop and you fall in love with from the beginning, from the minor leagues. Like that's the ideal situation because the storylines are there, the the attachment is there. What's and the closest people thing yearn to the, for that? What's the closest example in baseball to the '90s Yankees in more modern baseball? Would you say it's the, the current, current Braves? The, but they've won one World Series. Would you say it's the Astros? I would say it's probably. Oh, you the mean Astros. for the winning? I thought you meant construction. Um, no, because the winning. Because you construction is one thing. You also have to win with that construction. So yeah. the Astros, since 2017, have won two championships and gone to the ALCS every year. They haven't won a championship. Okay, so they're in the final four minimum every single year. Dodgers the, are there too. The, but the Dodgers have only won one World Series. Only one World Series, correct. And the the Giants in the early 2010s won three championships, but they also missed the playoffs in between those championships. So while three championships is amazing, like we saw some kind of inconsistency there. So I think the Astros are the closest example. I had a when I last talked to Andy Martino like a year ago, he was saying in defense of Brian Cashman, that if he's going to be judged against the 90s Yankees, then that's an unfair comparison to make because it's likely never going to... When are we ever going to see that again, right? Like we might see it again, but damn, is that some high standards to be held to? Well, it's not only the fact that they had that construction, but they actually, yeah, they won with it consistently. You won four times. Like, yes. It, so yes, no, <laughs> it's if, like, if you're looking back, if you're looking back at, or, and you're looking at for, for a team with a, a nucleus, I mean, the, the Red Sox went on a run too, where they won championships and they had a, a nucleus. Um, yeah, but, but then they, they had seasons, sustained. they finished in last place. That's the thing. It wasn't as sustained all the way through. So it's going to be very difficult for that. Like you're looking around, um, the, the Braves should have done it with the nucleus that they had in the nineties. You're looking at their current structure now. They, they would they have, have the, if it were for the, the ability. Yep, they have the ability to do it. The Astros are continuing to be in the conversation, so they do have the ability to do it, and they have the young talent and they have the experience. So, you know that that is a possibility. But yeah, it's a uh, it's it's the gold standard for sure. So if we're gold standard, say, if we're if we're gonna uh, Alex Rodriguez, welcome to the program. Thank so you. if we're gonna if we're gonna be um, saying. Oh, we want the Yankees to be more. We've always said, oh, why can't the Yankees be like the Dodgers? Like spending a lot of money, having a good farm system that's consistently producing talent and always being towards the, you know, the final four teams in the league. You could say that or you could say the Astros and the Yankees have not been able to do that. They've been able to like get a little bit there, but, but not really there. And so that is why also the allure of 
young players is the way to do that. It's not acquiring through free agency because free agency is a short-term game. You you acquire a player when he's already in his prime. You're only going to get a couple years of prime, and then you're going to see fading, and you're going to be spending a lot of money on that player to be playing in his twilight years. That is that is the um, the known issue with signing free agents. But when you are a team like the Yankees, you can do that to supplement it with the young talent and to get not to rehash the same old argument after 2017, but they didn't do that after 2017, where they had the young nucleus who was going to be entering their primes on reasonable contracts. And instead of going out on the free agent market and supplementing with players that the team needed, they didn't do that. They decided to cut payroll. And and that could have been a massive factor in them not being the consistent force we thought they were going to be with that young group of players getting back to jason also trash cans and also also trash cans cans, yes getting back to the yeah but damn and and you you just know that is what the excuse in the yankees front office is you just know that and that bothers me because you have to also look at look in the mirror at at what you did wrong you can't just say oh we got well even if they even if they had let's just live in a scenario where they won that year if the fact that they didn't still go back and and supplement that like they were they were close enough to understand that that team was good enough to win right um at the end of the year right like they were good enough whether they won or not they were if you take their their verbiage they were you know they were in the mix they were in the tournament they they it was right in front of them all, all of the things were actually true at that point and so whether they won it or not you you could you could absolutely make the argument that the plan should have been exactly the same going into the next year. Well, we want it Let's double down, make these guys even better. They just missed uh, the, you know, getting to the, the world series. Let's double down and make it better so that we can get over the hump. And instead they pulled back. Yeah. Um, there was a, a tweet uh, that uh, was referencing, I think something that Michael K said on his radio show that the call-ups were ordered by Hal and not approved by Cashman in the analytics department, but Hal wanted to see what he had in terms of assets going into the offseason and also about an outside chance of making the postseason. This tweet was by Mike the Yankee guy. I don't think he's an insider. I just think he was listening to the Michael K show, and that's he was, what Michael K yeah, said. A, yeah. But uh, that's interesting if that's if that really is true, and I, I, I'm not saying Michael K is, is wrong or is lying. Like He obviously has that information from somewhere that Hal ordered the the call-ups because I, we i was surprised jason dominguez was getting called up and austin wells were getting called up because all of the reports were that that was not going to happen and the mm-hmm. reason the reports is that was not going to happen is because brian cashman didn't want to do it mm-hmm. and how yeah. how stepped in and said no you have to do it so good good if he's if he's but what if what's the reason his balls have dropped it? and now he's going to take control of his team and actually do something right. is that, that, that need to happen? Yeah. Is that an Great. indicator of things to come in the offseason? Like, I mean, it's got to be a little. I'm not just going to give you carte blanche as to whatever you want to do with this baseball operations. Like, I'm going to have some say now. And that, that's a dangerous game to play. That is when a dangerous o- game to play. When <laughs> owners meddle, things can go awry. But I, indeed, I, that, that said, though. If, if again, this is all contingent on if these reports are, are accurate and that is what happened. Um, he's he's at least taking some initiative to understand what he has. And granted, we don't want him to just make decisions based on. You on can't it, make but, a but decision on one month of baseball, but you can still use this this time to 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 see. It's not a full judgment, but you can use it to to make you know to to help your decisions. No doubt about it. Um, 
That's because well, I like, asked you at the start, like, is this going to cloud some judgments? Jason Dominguez is 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 uh, joining Mickey Mantle as the only rookie to ever hit three home runs in his first five games, yeah. and it's like, okay, the Yankees start to win some more that games. Comp was spot on, huh? Damn. <clears throat> no, that's what I said. Yeah, Mickey. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, but so it's like Dominguez has a strong finish to the season and he's an exciting player who looks like he belongs. Like that is obviously not analytical, but like he's comfortable at the plate. He's, 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 oh, dude, every- he's the opposite of analytics. He's the opposite yeah. of analytics. Yeah. I was, I was, I was getting giddy listening to Paul O'Neill talk last night about his swing because I was thinking a, a lot of the same things that, that O'Neill and Make O'Neill the hitting coach. You know, if 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 Casey is, is don't like, make O'Neill the hitting yeah, coach. Yeah, yo, please. He do. does not have the work ethic at this point in his career to be. He's a just going to say no. You know what he's going to do? He's going to say, "See the ball, hit the ball." That's it. That's it. And like, you know, what's wrong with you if you can't do that? Um, I don't. I want to talk more about Dominguez's uh, swing and those things in a little bit. But to your point, yes, it, it. I do believe it can cloud judgment. I hope that it won't. But that doesn't mean you still can't use what you're seeing in front of you as part of it. The fact that. That Jason Dominguez is up and playing as well. Does it does it mean that he is going to hit 300, hit 30 home runs? He's gonna be a 30-30 guy. And he's gonna walk in and, and hit the hitting the number uh four spot, three spot every single day for for and you can count on that for next year. No, you can't count on that. That's not what you do. But what you can see is that this kid does look like he's major league ready. He does look like he's up for the moments. It doesn't look like much bothers him. And yeah, as far as the competition goes. He belongs. There's no doubt he belongs. That doesn't mean you have to and need to and can rely on him as you know a savior next to Aaron Judge. If that if and when that happens, outstanding. But you know what's a better situation for him? If he's got really good hitters around him, that will make him even better. So you still need to put him in a situation to win. And that's what I would take away from this. I would take away we have the ability, we have the we might have a very, very, very good player on our hands. So rather than us just depending on him and relying on the fact that he might be a good player, let's actually double down and do the right thing and bring more support in around that player so that he can be that guy. He can be the the the, the talent that we believe he could be and actually improve and flourish under a situation where he's getting more strikes. He's getting more balls that are thrown um, over the plate so that he can match them with his level swing. All of these things are great, but you can't just rely on one kid to be the savior um, and and say, well, he's here with Aaron Judge, so we're good. Yeah, I agree. And maybe Hal was looking for some light at the end of the tunnel in in this organization right now, because what if, and it's only been five games, like, so let's all pump the brakes, obviously. Jason Dominguez might go in an 0 for 30 slump and finish the season. He probably will. Looking terrible. So, but like, so I just don't know how that's going to change. Like you already have a roster with Aaron Judge, who you just gave a massive contract, Garrett Cole, who's only got a couple years left in his prime, and a bunch of other players who are, you know, close to the end of their prime. Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, right? Like you're either going to win in the next year or two, or you're not going to win with Aaron Judge. You agree with that? I mean, it's yeah, it's close. It's close. I feel like we've been saying that for the past four oh, years, to be honest. But but um, so my point is that. Whether Dominguez has a great September or a terrible September, is that going to? That should not change Hal's direction in the offseason to, hey, Brian, make this team better and competitive next year. 100%. But it does give you an, an asset that is. You, you have a lot more confidence in at this point uh, if, if, if things continue. Even, even if he struggles, even if he struggles for, for you know, the, the last two weeks of the season. 
I've I've seen enough to see that that he does belong here, and five whether games. he goes into yeah, but I five games. It's not so much the it's not so much that that um, he's producing at a high level, but he, he just there's a there's an eye test here. There's I said an eye last test night. Here. I yes. said last night he looks comfortable at the plate. He looks like he belongs in the major leagues. That yes. is not analytical. That no. is only something you can identify when you've watched thousands of baseball games, which yes. we have. Yes. And sometimes you get a guy that's called up, and you're like. That dude is not ready for the major leagues. He is completely overmatched. That's not what I am seeing with Jason Dominguez, whether not he strikes all. out or hits a home run. Not at all. And and when I look at the mechanics, and I, I swear to God, O'Neill was in my head last night talking about this because Michael K pitched, uh, you know, set it up for him asking, small sample size, only five games, understand. But what what are you seeing? What do you think of Dominguez um, so far? And one of the one of the things that O'Neill went to was um was 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 talking about his swing and that he does not have the uppercut swing that so many guys are building and have 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 gone to how baseball has gone to with that uppercut launch angle swing he doesn't have it his natural swing is level and and it gets to a level plane and is and is long through the zone similar to the adjustment that that um that Aaron Judge made he makes a lot of contact level in the zone and that means there's a lot more line drive. That means there's the higher on base. That means mistakes can be hits. That make he's just a he's a he's got a really good feel. That for home run, the strike that home zone. run last night. It's a was, missile. A yeah, missile. It's just a line drive to right. That's a missile line drive to right field. And how long have I been talking about that with with Glaber Torres? And I think he's made that adjustment for a much longer period of time here. If Glaber would stop, you know, getting the getting the angle, he fell on his into swing, that trap. Stop after- this uppercut bullshit. After and, Glaber and hit all those home, yeah, yeah. After Glaber hit all those home runs in his first two seasons in the big leagues, he fell into that trap of, oh, I'm a launch angle guy. Yes, and and honestly, if 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 there's, I'm not I'm not saying that, that this is the reason because he didn't even touch him until five games ago. But Sean Casey's approach is more like, oh, now no, you're no, a Sean no, no. Casey guy. I, no, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Sean. <coughs> we Casey cannot guy. give Sean Casey credit for Jason Dominguez. No, I just said I can't. He didn't touch him for five days. He met him five days ago. I, I literally just said that. But my point is, is I'm a Sean Casey type of guy, that type uh, of hit, that type of, of hitting. See the ball, hit the ball, level swing, don't strike out, hit line drives. This is all Cameron Maben. This is middle of the field approach. This is exactly what that is. <laughs> Where is it? That Where's is exactly our guy Cam now? What's what that is, is middle of the field the approach, hit line drives. And that's what Glaber has gotten back down to. And, and you see the success that he's had. Uh, he's been tremendous for the second half of the year. The, all year he's been been um, consistent, but the second half he's been really good. And and yeah, so you 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 walk in next year with even Glaber going into a walk year, um, looking to to you know earn that big contract. Uh, a young Dominguez with with uh, with with Aaron Judge, like as far as your your offense and your nucleus of of, of guys who will be here and have have that type of swing that you want. That's a good. That's a good nucleus. And Dominguez being a left-hand hitter, you could throw it in the middle of there. It's a good start, but you do you can't be satisfied with that. You it's can't four, be satisfied. It's, four, it's five hitters. You need four other hitters. <laughs> yeah, and we don't know how Dominguez is – I'm sorry. We don't know how Rizzo is coming back from this uh, yeah. this head thing. Hopefully, everything is is great Like, and he comes back uh, and feels like himself. But you just don't know that. You don't know how his body is going to react. Uh, and you can't you can't allow – how can allow, and I'm saying how now because it does seem like how is is looking past what Cashman is doing and looking beyond that. Whereas before it was just like, okay, okay, Cash, like it's your it's your show. 
that that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing is that now there's pushback. And to me, that's a good thing because now you're questioning things. And I think when you question things and you audit, you can you can find what's wrong, what's going on, but at least there's, you know, a sense of accountability in that in that regard. And that that's what we've been flying our flag for for how long now? Give me some accountability in this organization. Please give me some accountability so that we can have checks and balances, so that we can understand who's doing their job and who's not, and not just going the same path because that's the way it's been done and it worked 25 years ago. Can't do that. Yeah. If there wasn't pushback after this season, just sell the team, Hal. What are you doing? What are you owning a baseball team for if if you're not going to have pushback after the failures this year? But uh, yeah, I would definitely want to go see Jason Dominguez right now. It's it's the it's the number one reason to turn on the Yankees every night, and the number one reason to go to Yankee Stadium. Game Time is our preferred ticketing app because it's the easiest way to buy tickets to whatever you want to go to: sporting events, concerts, comedy shows, theater, and much more. Like I said, Jason Dominguez at the stadium is definitely a hot ticket. NFL is about to get heated up and going, so a lot of stuff on Game Time. The app has so many cool features and is easy to use. It shows you trending tickets, what sections the best deals are in, calls out cheap options and flash deals, and much more so you can make an informed purchase. They also have event cancellation protection, so you can buy with confidence. I like using the app because you get awesome images of your seats before you buy. It's also a very fast buying process, couple taps, and you are done. Then the tickets go directly to your phone. You can also share them with people if you're going in a group uh, to, uh, to a game. You can very easily share them. So you don't have to dig through emails, send screenshots and all that crap. No, Game Time makes it very easy. Snag tickets today without stress using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code BRONX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And seriously, Game Time has been with us, I think, on every single episode, every single week for almost the entire season. They've been one of our more consistent sponsors in the history of this show. So we really appreciate it if you guys have not tried the app. Uh, to use our code Bronx for twenty dollars off because that's going to also just show Game Time that they're they're doing the right thing by sponsoring our pod. Um, we were finishing up on the the wild card talk. Uh, Logan, do you want to just talk about the the Blue Jays schedule just so we know what? Because basically, what what has to happen? Like like we said, the Blue Jays and the Yankees, if they play equal outside of their head-to-head games, the Yankees could catch them if they sweep them. But what is the Blue Jays' schedule outside of the Yankees? So this this weekend is their last little bit of reprieve. They play three um, against Kansas City. So, but outside of that, then they um, play four against Texas. So they're going to be beating up on each other. Um, three against Boston, and then they go to the stadium for three. They go to the Trop for three, and they go home and play the Yankees for three more and the Rays for three more. That's a tough schedule. Damn. It's tough. Other than, other than Kansas City, who the Yankees also have on the schedule, but the Yankees have it at the end of the schedule, every single team they're playing is a playoff team or, mm-hmm. or fighting for a playoff spot. Right. We're actually rooting then, for Boston big time in those in those games uh, just because so they're closer. Right. Speak of that, Boston actually might even have a little bit tougher of a schedule. They still have seven games against the um, Orioles that they have to play. Um, and then they also have three. They also have three at Texas, um, two more against Tampa, and then they. When have are three the Orioles the starting to drop? Do they play the Orioles at the end of the season, like last week of the season, last weekend? Of so the they season? play. They play three at Fenway against the Orioles this coming weekend, starting tomorrow, yeah. and then they play four at Baltimore the last four games of the season. That huh. might actually not be tough because Baltimore's already going to have their stuff locked up, and so they're there's a will they though? Which, How close the Rays aren't that far back. Yeah, it, I guess it, it, depend, know, it could it matter. It might how, not. It, it also on depends does. on where the for home field and and 
Uh, they're they're pretty well ahead of home field at this point. They're eight games I, up on Houston. And yeah, yeah and, it's and only that, three games. I'm just saying that that series, while on paper seems tough for Boston, might end up not meaning much for the the Orioles. In which case, the Red Sox have an easy time. So yeah, but they could it, it could because the Rays are only three and a half back right. They're now. only three and a half games back. Yeah, so we'll just and, see what happens. But they do have three head to head Rays and Orioles. Fully and so the Yankees, the Yankees schedule is definitely easier than all of those than those teams that we just mentioned because they they've got some. Mm-hmm. I mean, they play they still have to play the the Brewers right, and the Brewers are in first place. But mm-hmm. I mean, Pittsburgh, you just don't know they have we don't know Pittsburgh. about them to, to to say that they're probably an easier opponent than Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Pittsburgh. Uh, then they, they, they have Arizona to, on there. Yep, Arizona. It's it's, it's definitely easier than the other one. There's no doubt. But here's there's yeah. no room for error. At no, all. you got to win yeah. basically everything. Yeah. yeah. But we're talking about it. <laughs> we are talking about it. At least at least it's in the conversation. Because I mean, I did not literally when we were doing this show last Thursday, I didn't think we were going to be talking about it. I thought there was no chance we're talking about it. I just don't know how many games they have to get to to like really make it like like how many games do they have to win before it's like well you put in here that if the Yankees go 19 and 6 they get to 87 wins and that means the Blue Jays would need to win 10 more games to get to 87 wins so yeah, the that Blue means they'd Jays. have to be that means they would be 9 games better than the Blue Jays to eat that's yeah i think they have to win 90 games almost i think that's that's the probably the Yankees have to win 90 games yeah i think so they, they have, they would to, have go. to they can only win th- they can only lose 3 more games Something like that. It's going to, it's yeah. Three, four games. I, I, I don't, don't know if it's that high. I think, I mean, what is it? Semantic well, saying 88 or I, I don't know. It's it, it, a lot of it depends on the head to head matchup with it all depends on the head to head matchup. Yeah. <laughs> if, Cause if they, if they, if they lose those three games anywhere in the head to head matchups, it's over. I if, mean, honestly, they lose two. If they, if they, if they lose one of the games in the head to head matchup, it's probably well, over. The reason I'm saying three games is because, if you're if you're losing five six games, it does depend on on what that other other teams do on that particular day. So you're 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 just getting rid of more of those options where the teams are you're are fighting potentially winning. Yeah, you're fighting. So a you clock have to you and have you're to fighting another team. You're fighting. Yeah, so you have to basically win. You almost have to win out. Like it's 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 not well, that big of an, number, an exaggeration. Their elimination number, the Yankees, is seventeen. Yeah, and that number will get down very quickly if they lose a couple games in a row and and uh, Toronto wins a couple games in a row. So right, that like, goes down to fifteen if you, if Toronto wins and you lose on a game. That's what I'm saying. So you it, the it, it really does matter when you lose those games. Uh, so that's why I'm saying like the odds of them losing six games and the and the Blue Jays like not if they're not losing ground on the Blue Jays in those six games I think is slim. So they have to limit how many games they lose, which means they got to get probably to ninety wins for them to get to the, the playoffs. Last year, the Rays won 86 wins. They were the last wild card. They had 86 wins. And then the Blue yeah. Jays and the Mariners are at 92 and 90 wins, and they were the first two wild card. So I know yeah. it doesn't I really matter. It's closer to that 90. Yeah. Part. I think, yeah, a, yeah I, I think you're right, Logan. Like 87, right around 87, I think is at the very least, meaning the last couple games of the season matter. But also yeah. the 87 doesn't matter if the Red Sox are tied with them too. So like they have to yeah, they have to get another. I think the Yankees have to do better than that to to actually get to this. That's what I'm saying. Like their run has to be bigger because their their losses matter more than other losses. Does the elimination number I know what the elimination number means, but does that also mean that if 
you know, the Yankees elimination number is 17. So does that mean if they win 17 more games and the Blue Jays play at their current pace, that means the Yankees would tie the Blue Jays? Is that another way to interpret mm-hmm. that? No, no, because every every Blue Jay win, regardless of what the Yankees do, knocks it down. takes off knocks takes it off down. an elimination One. number. So they <clears throat> actually, there needs to be a combined. Yeah, it's it's a combined so Yankee it's win, so Blue Jay losses. It's so hard, it's so hard. You really can only lose like three or four games. That's what I'm saying. And the overlap still can't be there, even on those games. Yeah, it's fun though. No, it's it's a conversation. It'd be more fun if we were in the playoffs, you know, without having to count this. Just imagine if they didn't like play. Let's let's not let's not let's not bury the lead there. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, this is cool because we didn't think we were going to be here, but at the same time, thought we were going to be here. Well, this is this is how this is how like the uh, the teams that make the playoffs once every eleven years feel. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um. To wrap up something we were talking about last episode on Jason Dominguez versus big guys like Stanton and Judge. So our, our guy, Simon Brundish, DM me after that episode. And he said, Judge has a 38%. Scott, you're an idiot. <laughs> he said, Judge has a 38% greater surface area to cover than a 5'6 hitter. Or a pitcher has a 38% bigger zone to aim for. There is a moment arm mechanical issue with larger limbs, but it's just uh, but it's just way harder to hit for a big dude. So maybe Judge being less than optimal shape is finding it harder to cover the hundred percent. Yeah, and I we, asked, we him, totally agree on this. How is the thirty eight percent? Is it just based on height? And he said, Yeah, it's just based on height. It's longer. Yeah, it's exactly. It's a uh, it's leverage. It's it's like being able. You have to cover more ground, and that's why I'm saying when you have when you have a mechanical issue with someone that big as well, it's exaggerated. Because it's very difficult to repeat. It's harder to repeat as well. Yes, it's harder to do because you're bigger and you have to cover more area, but it's also that much harder to repeat it. Uh, being you have much, much, you know, much more of a slim uh, area for um, for error. You don't have much room for error. Whereas if you're if you're small and compact, you can have more error in your mechanics and still be okay to the ball. And that's where that's where Dominguez, you know, with his with his more level swing. Man, and and it's violent. Like, I was watching the we were watching the game, and Bevan was sitting. My wife Bevan was sitting on the couch, and she all of a sudden uh, Dominguez was up when he hit that home run. She goes, "Damn!" And I was like, "Why'd you say that?" And she's like, "It's just it was like it was violent." And I was like, "Yes, that's exactly what I said." And Bevan, uh, she's played softball her whole life. She played in college, like she and she was a very good hitter as well. She she she's probably got the best mechanics of a hitter that I've seen in person. Like they're very good and um, quick to the ball. And that's 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 what he is, man. His hands. You want to talk about fastest hands, uh, you know, east of the uh, east of the Mississippi. It's not Clint Frazier. It might be Jason Dominguez. Like his swing is, it looks beautiful, uh, but it's fast and it's violent, and I love it. Yeah, the the shorter guys tend to have. Well, see the the interesting thing is like Altuve. I wouldn't categorize as a. He's got a different swing. swing. He's got a long swing. Altuve does, which is why when he has slumped, it's been. he's been beaten on fastballs up. And I remember talking to this with Blum where he was talking about uh, Altuve and he said he can attack high fastballs, but when he does slump, it's because pitchers are attacking him high and it's just too long to the ball to hit it. Yeah. His hands get out away from his body a little bit more. He stands so far away from the plate too. uh, And Dominguez is just so compact with his swing. The Ramirez, the Jose Ramirez comp that you made is, is very, very accurate. Yeah. 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 It's a, 
Oh my God! If he could be, if, I mean, that's that's a dream. That, that is a dream. If if uh, yeah, if I think that could be a type of Jose Ramirez turns into Jose Ramirez. Give me that player, comp. That be, Where's that, that be, comp? That that's a great comp. Even though that would he be a success, plays a different position. People just can't overlook that. He uh, that would be that would be amazing. That would be amazing. The inconsistency in the big guy swing kind of dovetails into something Boone said after Giancarlo hit his 400th home run the other night. Um, in his post game, I was listening to it and I didn't get the exact quote, but he said something to effect of, I've never seen anything like Giancarlo before. He can break, he can break a bat and hit a squibber in front of the plate and then hit one 118 miles an hour the next pitch. It's because he's so disconnected. That's called inconsistency. (laughs) Well, he's disconnected. If you look at anybody else's swing, you see, you see, and, and with Dominguez, you see explosive hips, explosive hips through the zone. You're using the lower body. Uh, judge you see it as well stanton is not that way he he he. it's like he barely uses his lower half he's all arms and upper body that's why you know the comparison has been made of him and and a and a lumberjack the way he chops wood because he's all upper body and just throws his hands at the ball and he's so goddamn strong and big that it that it goes a mile but it's more inconsistent because he's he's literally throwing his hands at the ball and not using his lower body to to the same degree that most hitters use so yeah, that's why that's why you see some of that weird stuff. And, and when his hand eye is like is spot on and he's seen the ball well, he's he's literally just throwing his hands at the ball and and so much upper body that if he's seeing the ball well, that's when you see him get on those torrid streaks. He just again, a guy that doesn't have a lot of room for error. Um John Carlos Stanton is definitely one of them. He's he's unique in the in the way that he hits, very much so. So he had 267 home runs when he joined the Yankees in 986 games. That was a home run every 3.7 games. He's kind of been about that with the Yankees. 133 home runs in 534 games, one home run every four games. Slightly less, obviously much fewer games played, a lot of that due to injury. <clears throat> but as far as like amount of home runs that Giancarlo has hit with the Yankees, it's not far off from how he was hitting home runs with the Marlins. It's just been the long stretches of inconsistency, the long stretches on the IL. And this season has been a complete disappointment for, for Stanton. I mean, he's been 100%. a below, below league average hitter. It's unacceptable for someone like Stanton. But he's going to reach 500 home runs in his career. And he's going to he's gonna do the it. The last 100 the are going to be the hardest. The last 100 are going to be the hardest. But like, he'll get he- there. It Probably. might take the next four or five seasons, but he's going to get to 500 home runs and he's going to do it wearing a Yankees hat. He's going to go into the Hall of Fame because you hit 500 home runs as a player without any steroid implications or anything like that, which Stanton has not had. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, probably. And that's why he got the uh, the the curtain call from the Yankee faithful uh, uh, for his 400s. And that, uh, that, uh, guys, that whole thing. He, he's standing. He's standing there. We got it. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, we we okay. Oh, yay! Oh, the the big board said clap first. To be fair, to be fair, you could tell that Stanton did not want to go out there and yeah. wasn't trying to go out there. But his teammates were ushering him out there, and he was going out. Yankee fans were not really clamoring. Yankee fans were not asking him to come out. Nah. But when he did come out, the Yankee fans, classy, classy motherfuckers as they are, stood up and gave him the round of uh, uh, applause uh, as, as he was up there and didn't make him look like a complete asshole. So, <laughs> oh God, you know, would there be anything worse than going out for a curtain call, raising? I, up dude, your I was nervous. I was silence. nervous for it. I was nervous for it because you could tell <laughs> that the crowd wasn't really. That wasn't usually the crowd is like you know an extended period of time. And give Volpe some credit, Volpe. Used his time out at the at the plate to give Stanton and the uh, crowd a little bit more time, allow him to come out there to to tip the cap for the 400. So that was that was recognition. 
by the the Yankees, the Yankee fans in Yankee Stadium of a career accomplishment. Had nothing to do with what was happening in the season. It was it was the ability to look past what was happening in the moment for the season and and uh, you know give uh, throw some flowers at a guy who's had a good career uh, thus far and has been a good Yankee and also has had accountability for himself as well. That is yeah, not it, lost on Stanton, fans. It's weird because I don't think Stanton is hated in Yankees fans. He's not. I, I think it's like people are definitely disappointed. He is. Sure. He has not lived up to expectations when they acquired him. But he doesn't get the hate like other players have gotten on the Yankees. And like if you compare him to A Rod, it's actually asinine as far as performance goes, how much hate A-Rod got versus Stanton. Because for as much of a D-bag as A-Rod was and a distraction, he had unbelievable seasons for the first 10 years as a Yankee. Yeah. MVP-level seasons, season after season. Was yeah. he juiced out of his brain? Probably. Yes. But he was hitting 45 home runs and driving in 130 runs every single season and playing yeah. almost every single day. And Yankees fans he couldn't feel his face. the shit out of him. <laughs> Yeah, because he's an asshole. You know, like that's it. If, if don't be an asshole, that's that's a bottom line. Don't be an asshole. Don't if there's a asshole. one lesson in all of this, it yeah. is don't be an asshole. You can be a great player and an asshole, and you're not looked at the same. You know, 2000. It's, it's I'm gonna pull this up real quick. If Albert Bell weren't if Albert Bell weren't an asshole, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. How long has Stanton been with the Yankees? Is this his what number Seven. season? Seventeen. No, no. I'm I'm saying the number when he got this here. is his fifth season. Fifth, yeah. Through A Rod's first five seasons with the Yankees, he's hit combined 303, 401, 573, a 153 OPS. He hit average 42 home runs a year, 123 RBIs. And he got booed to Queens. Okay. And he Because was he didn't also that. perform in, when you have postseason performances like A Rod did. As sure. Well, that certainly well, do, you goes know what into the, it. do you know what the crazy thing and is? all those numbers all those numbers were in five one six one ten one games oh right right right, right. Stanton <laughs> never hits meaningless <laughs> do you do you know what uh the crazy thing is about it i sound like an a-rod apologist he had a really good postseason in 2004 mm-hmm. the yankees collapsed in 2004 but had they just not collapsed to the red sox the narrative on alex rodriguez in the postseason would have been different because he actually hit really well in the 2004 postseason he sucked in five six seven they didn't make the playoffs in eight. He was great in 20, uh, 2009. Like he was historically good in the 29, 2009 uh, postseason. But yeah, 2004 just changed everything. <clears throat> it did. Changed um, we've got a couple other things to talk about. But before that, fall is some might say fall is here because it's it's football. It's not season. here. It's 105 degrees outside. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's like 90 degrees in, in New Jersey. But uh, fall can be a busy time. And so you're not going to have a lot of time to cook meals. That's why you want to try out America's number one ready to eat meal kit factor. Factor offers delicious flavor packed options that meet many dietary needs. Calorie conscious, keto friendly, veggie and vegan meals. There is something for everyone. The process is also so easy. You pick your meals from a weekly selection selection of over 34 deli- delicious options on their website. Factor then prepares and cooks them to perfection with their gourmet chefs. The food is delivered to you. You simply heat it up. It only takes two minutes and you are done. You are eating amazing food. The ingredients and meals are always fresh and never frozen. 
You can also level up with gourmet plus options that allow you to add premium ingredients to your meals. Uh, My favorite of the one that they sent was the black pepper pork chop. All of them were delicious, but that one was my favorite. But honestly, the convenience is next level. This is seriously the easiest and best option for food if you are struggling to eat good and healthy meals. Head to factormeals.com slash Bronx50 and use code Bronx50 to get 50% off, half off. That's a good deal. Anytime you get half off of something, that's a good deal. F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash B-R-O-N-X five zero in case you can't spell factormeals.com slash Bronx 50. Uh, we got a mailbag <clears throat> from our pal Lee Jones over in uh, the UK says it seems unlikely that the Yankees will be bringing back both Higgy and Trevino next season. So what do you think the realistic plan for Wells is? Is he auditioning to be the everyday catcher with Kyle returning as the backup or are they envisioning him as a backup with Jose returning? Uh, he says, surely Austin Wells and Ben Wartbet isn't going to be the tandem next season. So the Yankees catching rank this year, it's actually been better than I thought it was going to be. It's 11th in Major League Baseball. Kind of just goes to show you how bad catching. I'm talking about is. offensively. No, uh, overall value. Okay. Uh, offensively, they've been shit. Yeah, but uh, well, that's overall, the thing. The defense has been has, overall has value, been but overall value they've had had eleventh uh, in baseball with two point three F four. They've been a sixty five WRC plus though. That's pretty terrible. Granted, La- if Trevino's healthy, that that number and yeah, but the he ranking was not, is higher. He was not good this year. Well, his defense alone. Oh, know, sure, with sure. The time, with the time on on the field, will will you know make that ranking higher? Last season, the Yankees catching tandem ranked fifth in baseball with 5.5 F4 and a 90 WRC+. Although Trevino in the first half of last year, I think, was over 100 WRC+. And so he struggled in the second half. But what are your thoughts on the the catching situation heading into next season? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think Wells certainly has uh, the the most to lose probably from this this uh, the second this uh, last month and a half audition. Um, but he's going to be... Like he's he's the offense. Everybody believes in his offense. I'm talking about everybody being scouts and and uh, the people that talk about his his baseball abilities. They talk about his offense. So I don't think people are very concerned about his offense. Although you know the concern could be, you know maybe he's a four A offensive guy. <coughs> maybe maybe he's he could be one of those guys. And then yeah. the defense becomes much more glaringly. Uh, well, because then also where are you going to put him? Like you can't have a four A offensive guy in a corner outfield or a corner infield. Oh no, spot. he's he's. I don't. I don't see him anywhere else. I, I really do think that the Yankees. The Yankees can't afford to have him anywhere else. He's not. I don't think he's good enough to be anywhere else. Frankly, if he if he can catch uh, and use that offense, if his if his catching defense is is at a at a level where they're comfortable with it, I think that's his position. I think he's got to be there for the major leagues. Honestly, I don't think he's a good enough hitter to be in. He doesn't warrant a first base spot. He doesn't warrant a DH spot. When you look at the offense, like it's not there. It doesn't project for those types of power numbers. Well, then I, if he's not a plus it. bat at catcher, you can't put up with his below average defense. Well, that's the thing. He does need to improve his defense. I think that's that's the biggest uh, thing for him. Like that's show, him showing his defense for this stretch is probably his biggest uh, way to you know put himself in that position. And then obviously spring training. I think he's going to go into it um, looking looking to uh, uh, you know to compete for it. I could also see the Yankees making a move for a catcher also and just seeing that this guy probably it's too risky to bring him along knowing what his defense is currently because if he doesn't start hitting there becomes a very glaring hole in where that is and he's not a backup catcher so that's the that that's the problem with him if Trevino goes into the season as a starter next year which is very possible having I almost said McCann again this is insane like my I'm, I feel like I'm possessed it's a mustache 
having Wells on the, the roster with face. Trevino makes it weird because he's not a backup catcher. His defense is not good enough to be a backup catcher. So um, that's where he's he's kind of a tough roster spot if if the offense is not you know plus uh, plus offense. And honestly, if we're looking at that situation, you know me. I've talked about this many times. Like you're not gonna you're. If, if he's if so, when you look at Jorge Posada, Jorge Posada, I thought was a a, a good. Def- I'm, just, I'm not just, just, just stop. Just stay with me for a second. He was a was a was a you know a pretty decent defender, but his offense was there. You could you could live with any of the defense. <laughs> he was an all star bat every single year for ten. Absolutely, years. the offense was there, and, but that's what you have to be to to not be you know a high caliber defender. You have to be that level of bat almost, yeah. so that you look past it. And and I just don't believe he's there. So again, them using a guy like that as a backup catcher doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I could so, see them going out in the market. I, I haven't looked at what the market is. Yeah, uh, but it, free agency for for catchers or even you know who could be available for trade wouldn't surprise me if they went out and got some of them. Higgy is going to be in his last year of arbitration next year. Trevino has two more years of arbitration, and so if they do see some positives out of Wells for the remainder of the season, and I think they you know Rortved is probably a a guy, if you need him, he can be the backup catcher for some time if someone's injured, but he's not going to be the consistent backup catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a world in which if Wells plays well, they ride with Trevino and Wells next season and uh, non-tender Higgy, and then you've got Rortvet uh, as back. Because like realistically, what is one more year of Higgy going to do for you? Uh, as much as we all love you know Higgy, but like, come on. Trevino is a better defensive catcher. Trevino is, and that th- there's no reason for them to 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 part ways with Trevino at all. Like they, no. he should, he absolutely needs to be on the team. He's the the one of the best, if not the best, defensive catcher in the league. Like he's right there in that conversation. So having him having him on the team is a good thing. My my the piece where I'm, you know, uh, if he on Wells is the, can he is his defense good enough to be that second catcher where. Usually that defender, that position is a plus defender and right. he's not. Especially because with the way the Yankees catching has been, it's not a traditional starter backup where starter plays 80% of the time back like 20%. It's more like 60, 40. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a guy like Vortvet in the back, it, so that's why I think that, you know, when you're, when you're looking at guys who are really competing for spots, like Dominguez is not competing for a spot. I don't believe in this fall, like everything we, they believe is that, uh, he's going to be there in some capacity. You got guys like Peraza, Pereira and Wells certainly competing for eyeballs, competing for, for, uh, the ability to come, even the ability to compete for a spot, I think is, is on the table for those guys. And, you know, looking at utility players, fourth outfielders, like that's, that's where those guys are. Are, uh, are really looking at. And I th- you know what was interesting last night, real quick, sorry. the I saw a post game, or I saw somewhere, I forget where I saw it. Maybe it was an interview somewhere else. Um, it was from the Yes Network on Social, that's what it was. It was um, Oswaldo Cabrera talking about uh, who his heroes were and like guys that he looked up to. Marwin Gonzalez, a Venezuelan was was one of his uh, one of his guys. Okay. Because, well, the reason, the reason I think that's interesting is I because- I get it. He he saw that type switch of player, hitter, right? switch hitter, can, switch hitter, yeah. can play all over the field, has a tremendous amount of value in the in the baseball field. But you know, he talked about him playing with Gonzalez last year for a little bit was uh, you know was was like a dream. He met met his hero, and I thought that was cool. And but it also shows it kind of puts a, a glimpse of what that player 
thinks he is and what he can be. And that's really a super utility guy. So I think there's going to be a big competition for that that utility um, player role next year. And I think all of those guys that we just mentioned, outside Pereira, who is a true outfielder, um, will be competing for those spots or that spot. All right, last thing just to quickly mention is DJ, since the All-Star break, is hitting 282 with an 879 OPS in 40 games played. More consistency from him has been the key because pre-All-Star break, he just wasn't himself. He had a, a 643 OPS, so he's raised his OPS by 236 points in the second half. Uh, if if the Yankees are going to be evaluating going into next season, you know maybe they could sit, count on DJ LeMahieu more to be this type of player than what he's been since the COVID season, which is a pretty below average hitter. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really believe that a lot that that this is directly uh, his play has been directly impacted by that that foot and, and the adjustment. So, you know, the only thing about that is is looking at what the second half is. That's a good thing for sure for you know him getting back to the player he is. But another year older. I've I always said this though the DJ LeMayhew contract again if healthy like I don't think he ages you know, as badly as some players can, because he's so mechanically sound and does, does such a good job with hitting the ball all over the field. Uh, if he's healthy, I think, you know, I don't think age is as much of a concern for a he's guy like him. signed through 26, right? 2026. Yikes. I don't think, <laughs> again, if he's healthy, I don't I think know, it's going to be a bad but, contract. Uh, it just seems like so far away. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a player that I want on the team. He's a good player to, to put around good young guys. Like he's nah, I'm not saying sure. it like, Oh, I want him off the team. It's just, that's a lot more. That's a lot of more seasons to, that he's. Anyway. How old is he? 32, 33, 33? I'm not sure. Logan? It, it doesn't matter. 33. I'm getting 33. 34. 35. Holy Yikes. shit. Okay. He's, he's my old. age. He's getting fucking old. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap up today's show. Thanks again to Game Time and Factor. Go check out those sponsors if you are interested. The, descri- the show notes here will have the promo codes and all that stuff if you miss them. Thanks, you guys. Thank to you guys for listening. We'll talk to you in a few days. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.